Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to hear then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. God, do what you do, what you do, how you do it, because you do it so well. In Jesus' name. Let's go to work. Be seated, everybody. Our series is Dynasty. And we've learned that a dynasty is a sequence of rulers from the same family. We've learned that when we become Christians, we're in a new spiritual dynasty. So we literally can be the beginning of a new natural dynasty, just like Abraham. Abraham, who we've been learning about in this series, God speaks to him and says, listen, Get away from your father's house and go to a country I'm going to show you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you so that you would be a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I need you to say, I'm the beginning of something new. Here's the danger of being new is that you pattern it after the old. Let's go. Here's the danger of being something new that God is doing is you consult something God used to do. And you got to be careful that you do not try to put your life in juxtaposition or comparison to those that came before you. Because what they did was good for them. But what you're about to do, I hasn't seen. Shut up. Ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God is ready to do for you and through you. The Bible says that God is seeking somebody in the earth that he can show himself strong through. In other words, God says, I wish I could get somebody that wasn't caring about, watch me, trying to please the enemy. Watch me. 
or trying to please curse people in their bloodline that ain't going nowhere except where they've already been. God says, I wish I could get some more Abrahams in the earth that would do what needs to be done and pay the price and pay the cost to be great. I wish that you were sitting next to an Abraham in this building. I wish you were sitting next to an Abraham at your house that would say, God, whatever the cost is, I'm ready to pay it. Watch me. I've already paid the cost of being average. I don't like that. So I've made the decision to pay the cost to be great. Somebody open your mouth. Say, I'll pay that price. God says to Abraham, listen, man, I want to make you great. I want to make you something that your bloodline has never, ever seen nor experienced before. So I'm bringing you into a new spiritual dynasty. For many of you, that's why this year you found harvest. For some of you, that's why this year you recommitted your commitment to harvest. For some of you, this is why you found your shepherd. Why? Because God says, I bring you into a new spiritual dynasty first so that you can become the beginning of a new natural dynasty. And I need you to know that the stirring that's been happening in the spirit, you're sensing it in the natural. And that stirring is God saying, baby, I'm about to do something brand new and it's happening through you. So in this series, we've learned this, that relationships will be broken. Relationships of all types will become broken. Specifically, we talked about the relationships with the bloodline because we discovered that there's a difference between family and relatives. I've taught you that extensively. Please, if you don't get anything else from this series, understand that principle. That principle is so important because you will expect from relatives what only family can give you. And then, watch me, you will lower your expectations on family treating them like relatives. In other words, you will be disappointed with everybody all the time because you never put anybody in the right category. And your days of disappointment with people have just about come to their conclusion. Oh, my God. Because in these next four, the people around you are going to blow your mind. You're going to be sitting around people and you're going to be having conversations that watch me that aren't up to just gossip about people and talk negative and talk who shot jump. They're going to be talking about your future. They're going to be talking about let's build a business. Let's make some money. Let's do something. Shake something. Do something. Move something. I need you to act like your whole circle is about to be filled with seven figures. I need you to act like your whole circle is about to be filled with curse breakers and line crossers and boundary breakers. I need you to act like you've been through the fake and you're ready for the real. Somebody say, Lord, I'm ready. Say, you're ready. <laughs> say, let's go. Listen, a relationship. Yeah, you didn't dealt with enough skeezers. It's time for some real folk. I wish I had some people in here. You done dealt with enough leeches in your life that don't come nothing but to suck the life out of you. Take your energy, take your time, take your money. I'm so sick of leeches. I can't stand a leech. Yeah. Say my circle is upgrade. My Say it again. Say my circle is upgrade. Now. So that's why God's been dismissing certain people. Because God says, listen, listen, give me the seat, give me the seat, give me the seat. God says, listen, come on, give me the seat, come on. God says, sit in the seat. God says, oh, you got on your good gulags today, listen. <laughs> look, look, if I look at me, if I look at me, let me tell you your issue. Here's what you do. Here's what you've been doing for years. God, if, if, if he ain't in the seat, who going to be in the seat? If I don't have an average bay, 
Isn't the average somebody better than nobody? Isn't the average friendship better than no friendship? Isn't having somebody to call better than having to just spend time with me? And God says, listen, I can't give somebody better quality in the seat as long as there's somebody in it. So what God does is he says he dismisses who's in it so that, watch me, it'll sit vacant for a little while. Because God says, watch this, Saul, you were in the seat, but I'm about to put David in the seat. So I had to dismiss every bad friend, every bad relative, every bad person, so I could put the right fit in the seat. I need you to act like your next four. All of the right fits are coming into your life. Right friends, right family, right future. Say the right fits are on the way. So we learn, we learn, we learn, we learn that relationships will become broken. And here's the question that we asked, and I need you to be okay, because here's the question. The question was, does this relationship need to be healed because it's broken? There are certain relationships that become broken. How do they become broken? Because of use. Anything that is used often will eventually break down. Even the highest quality sometimes needs, watch this, some quality time, let's go. Things will become broken through the normal course of wear and tear. So some relationships will become broken. I need you to stop, watch me, making an emergency out of a normalcy. You sit here canceling simply because something broke down, but the broke down simply is part of the process of breaking through. Oh, God. I, I, watch, me. watch me. You're about to have a new level of loyalty in your next four. All of these cookie and cornflake friends that the moment something go wrong, you can't find them no more. And they talking about you because you didn't loan them $50. Sucker, if all I'm worth to you is $50, get your up out of Listen. <laughs> so the question is, does this relationship need to be healed because it's broken? Or is it working as it was designed? And I just need to heed that reality. Because there's some, watch me, bloodline people who are not family. They are relatives. And your relationship with your sister isn't broken. Your sister has never liked you. I'm going to come down your row. Your relationship with your cousin, here it is, their initials. You, I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you if y'all don't say nothing to me. Your initials with your cousin, watch me, is that they have never cared for you. The relationship isn't broken. It's always been busted. So the prayer you got to pray before you call yourself fixing something is, God, is this broken or do I just need to heed what it really is? Matter of fact, we're about to pray that everybody lift your hand and say, Father, give me the grace to know if a relationship is broken and needs to be healed or is it working as designed and I need to heed that reality. Because one thing I don't have time for and that's time to waste. I need you to realize in these next four, you're about to make up for lost time. In these next four, you're going to make up for the time you wasted in your teens, the time you wasted in your 20s, the time you wasted in your 30s, the time you wasted in your 40s, the time you wasted in your 50s, the time you wasted in your 60s, the time you wasted in your 70s, the time you wasted in doubt, the time you wasted in fear, the time you wasted in anxiety, the time you wasted in depression, the time you wasted running from God. You're about to make up for lost time. So listen, 
And studying Abraham and his relative Lot, here's what we learn. Lot was an opportunist that dealt transactionally, not relationally. Now let me stop. Every relationship has transactions. If you're someone's employee, the transactions are you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. So you cannot say you don't care about me as an employer because I didn't do my transactions and you cut the relationship. You didn't handle your transactions, so you made the relationship bad. Every relationship has transactions. The question is, is the entirety of the relationship a transaction? If you want to learn that, become a pastor. Because mm. you'll quickly learn that sometimes words that are meant to elicit relationship are really manipulation to, to endure more transactions. In other words, I will say what I need to say to tell you that I love you. When really, sir, man of God, really, the moment you stop transacting for me is the moment you'll no longer see me. But I'm so glad Harvest got some rider does. I'm so glad Harvest got some real ones. Huh? I'm so glad it's some real folk that can be dependent on, that can be counted on. Why? Because they see it in their leader, so they do it in their lives. Huh? shows you this in a way that perhaps you don't see it in any other context because when you love when you love I love people I love seeing some of y'all that I haven't seen it's amazing it, my heart jumps it leaps right it leaps out of my chest and then it comes right back on in because watch me because I'm not doing this out of any other reason except number one obedience to God and two a love and care and concern and compassion for his people but in that you realize hey this seat comes with heartache. This seat comes with pain. This seat comes with betrayal. This seat comes with lots. And I need you to know, so does your seat. But I need you to hear me, watch me. Lot ain't gonna stop you no more. Watch me. Who hurt you is about to be the fuel that's gonna make you heal other people. What the enemy meant for evil, God's turning that for your good. Some of y'all said, I'm done with people. I'm done helping people. I'm done pouring. You're about to pour in your next fall like you've never poured before. Somebody open your mouth and say, I was built to love. I, I feel like preaching tonight. You, you cannot be some bitter old man, some bitter old lady that's stuck in your ways because somebody did you wrong. There is life to live and there is love to give. And in these next four, you're about to do it like never, ever before. If you believe that, put a praise on that. I... Say, yes, Lord. So listen, you learned this principle. Lot was an opportunist. His name in Hebrew means what? Hidden motives. Who dealt transactionally, not relationally. See, Abraham dealt with him relationally. He's like, you're my kindred. So I'm not doing this because I want something from you. I'm doing this because I want you. See, there's the difference. See, transactional people deal only in benefit. So the moment it becomes uncomfortable to do a transaction with you, I'll just go do a transaction with somebody else. Because it's too uncomfortable to do a transaction with you. Watch me. Your standards are too high. <laughs> you expect too much. Mm. You want too much. No, what you revealed is you are locked. <laughs> and lots are always a lot to deal with. 
They're the source of gossip. They're the source of mess. They're the source of junk. They're the source of drama. And I need you to act like in these next four, every lot's about to get their lot and get up out of your life. On three, holla lot free. One, two, three, lot free. On three, holla lot free, lot free. Let's go. He dealt transactionally, not relationally. So everything with him was about transactions. Everything with him. Abraham was like, hey, man, I love you. You, you, You're my nephew. I love you. Like, I'm here for you. Lot was like, I'm here for what you got. That's why stuff could get in between us, because I was never here for you. I was here for what you have. Come on, church. that's That's why people got in between them. Because I was never here for you, Abraham. I was here for being around power that made me feel powerful. And the moment I got my own crew, I felt like I could do what you do. There are some people that started with you, and the moment they felt like they didn't need you no more to do it, I wish I had some witnesses in here. But I, I, listen, come on, I'm going to say this a lot tonight, but that's because things are about to really get really, 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 really good for you. So I'm going to say this a lot tonight. I need you to act like in the last four months of 2020 that, watch me, that everything and every relationship that's in your life, you will have people that deal with you relationally, not just transactionally. They won't show up just for what they can get. Uh-oh, they're going to show up for what they can give. They're going to show up bringing favor, bringing opportunity, bringing gifts. So listen, listen, listen. Why was Lot this way? Lot was this way because of what happened in the house that he grew in. And what did we learn on Sunday? What happened in that house stayed in this house. This house referring to his soul. See, the house Lot grew up in, can I be honest with you for a moment, it negatively affected Lot's soul. Now, don't take that as an opportunity to feel compassionate for a user. Because some of y'all got Stockholm Syndrome. What is that? Where you sympathize with your abuser. Mm. And you begin to make excuses for why they do you like they do. For why they lie like they lie, like they act like they act. But I prophesied into every Stockholm Syndrome carrier. You will no longer justify Ike Turner behavior. I feel like preaching tonight. You will no longer justify abusive, ridiculous usury. You will no longer justify people that you do right and do you wrong. I speak to the depth of your very soul and command every negative thing that's latched itself in you that makes you misappropriate mercy that it would be broken and not tomorrow but before you walk out of this building or before this stream goes off and I need you to open your mouth and holler tonight! What happened to Lot affected his soul. His mind, his thought, his will, and his emotion. Say it with me. His mind, his thought, his will, his emotions. Mm. Say it with me one more time. His mind, his thoughts, his will, his emotions. All of our souls have been shaped by the iniquity of three things. What's iniquity? Sin that's been passed down and around. Lot was shaped this way, and I'm going to show you something so we can see how we've even been shaped. Because can we be honest? At some point, maybe, watch me, maybe you've not been the Abram, maybe you've been the Lot. Because you felt like since so-and-so got me, I'm about to get them. 
what you don't understand is you were never built to be a skeezer. You were never built. That's just the word I'm using tonight. You were never. You were never built to be a loser. You were never built to. I need you to stop dropping to the level of people that you were never built to live at that level of life. I, the Bible says we've been seated together with him in heavenly places, which means to come down and play with fools is to come lower than the place I'm supposed to go. That's why some stuff, my response is. For those of you that are listening to the podcast or you wonder what just happened, did the mic cut out? It didn't cut out. I'm just teaching you how to respond to fools. <gasps> I'm not coming off of my throne to come play with children. Go find you another play date. Listen. Friends, we often take on the nature of who we're around most. Please look at me. Whoever you're around, you're taking on their nature. They're taking on your nature. It's called osmosis. You're sharing with them, they're sharing with you. Here's the dangers. Many people, you think you're the leader, and really the leader is the one that doesn't say much, but their attitude moves a lot. And be careful for people, because, because watch me, you take on the nature of people around you. Scripture says, be not deceived. Good, uh, good morals are corrupted by bad company, the wrong people around you. Got it? Here's the second thing we are shaped by is music and media. Music and media subconsciously programs us. We are programmed by what we see and what we hear. Can, if I could go deep for a moment, can I go deep for a moment, Wednesday? If I was to go deep for a moment, I could take you back to Genesis. Flow with me, I could take you back to Genesis and I could introduce you to the father of music. The father of music uh, is the son of Cain. Cain, according to 1 John chapter one, see for years you thought that was Adam's son, it was not. Cain, watch me, is the son of the enemy. How do you know that? Because 1 John chapter one says that. Verse John teaches us that Cain is literally the son of the enemy. Well, Bishop, how in the world did that happen? Well, see, the whole time you thought that in Genesis that was a snake. Mm. In Genesis that was not a snake. The word serpent is specifically used because in Hebrew it is the word deceiver. Genesis 19 teaches us that anytime angels appear in the earth, they appear as men. That's why in Genesis 19, when the angels appeared in the city, the men of the city said, bring out those men and let us know them carnally. So that means in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter Chapter 4, when we see the serpent, it is actually a deceptive man. Shut up. So a deceptive man is having a conversation with Eve. This is why the Bible says that Eve was beguiled. She was deceived. Can I teach like I want to teach? She was beguiled and she was deceived. So what ends up happening, the beguiling or the deception, watch me, is that something happens in the garden. Notice, for years, you keep saying, oh, Eve ate that apple tree. Eve ain't ate no apple because, watch me, fruit in Hebrew is an idiom for sex. Can I teach you? The way that you need to be taught tonight. So when the Bible says that she took of the fruit and ate it, what she actually did was lay down with a deceptive man. When she laid down with a deceptive man, this is why Psalm 51 says, in sin was I, uh, uh, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Well, how in the world would every person that is born be born in sin unless you tainted the original womb? 
So when you taint the original womb, everyone that's born after Eve now comes with the same sin that was implanted in Eve. So Eve literally has a sexual encounter with the enemy in that moment. Bishop, give me scripture to back it up. If you read your Bible in Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 6, there's the interest of something called the Nephilim. The Nephilim were literally the byproduct and the offspring of angels and women. It happened all the time. So angels would come and lay with women and they would produce offspring. Well, the first one didn't appear in Genesis 4, Genesis 5. The first one appeared right there in Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 4. So can I teach like I want to teach? So when Eve, watch this, takes of the fruit, she literally has a sexual experience with her husband, uh, or excuse me, a sexual experience with the enemy. And when she has this sexual experience with the enemy, he taints the original womb. So now the beguiling is that she says, and the Lord has given me a child. Stop. She gave God credit for something she did out of order. Be careful that you ain't out here doing your own thing calling it God. Be careful that you ain't out here doing it your way and calling it God. So we learn, watch me, if you chase the, if you track the genealogy in Genesis chapter 5, go look up and read everything I'm saying. When you look in Genesis chapter 5 and look at the genealogy of Adam, you'll discover that Cain is missing from that genealogy because Cain is not the son of Adam. Cain is the son of the enemy. So guess what? Cain ends up having a son, and his name, watch me, is Jubal. Mm. He is the father of musicians. Check me out. So that means, watch me, the way the enemy said, I'm going to deceive in the world, is I'm going to do it through music. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. So the enemy says, if I want to get something in your spirit, I'm not going to come up and say, hey, I'm the devil. Instead, I'll put it on a record. I'll put it in a CD. I'll put it on a song. You'll play it, and it'll play into your spirit. That's why you got to be careful what's on your playlist, because sometimes you're playing demonic spirits right into your... I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, set me free from everything that's got a hold of me. Say it again. Say, Lord, set me free from everything that's got a hold of me. You didn't used to be that nasty until you listen to all them songs about sex. You didn't used to be that inconsistent until you listen to all those songs from inconsistent people. You didn't used to be that violent until you sat up and listened to the songs of somebody else's struggle and they've now played it into you because the enemy said, let me be the father of music because if I can control the music, I can control the world. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me tonight? So it's subconsciously programming you. That's why you say, I can't go to sleep without listening to that. Because the enemy says, I need to give you another dose. <laughs> I need to give you another dose. And you talk about, I just like the beat. That's what he's the father of. Now, let me be clear. I ain't knocking good music. I ain't knocking good beats. I ain't knocking cool stuff. What I'm saying is, watch me, can I teach you? What I'm saying is, put it up, music and media subconsciously program us. Subconscious, that's your spirit. How could music be spiritual unless its origin is spiritual? So it programs you. You used to be a faithful husband, but you got reprogrammed. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. I mean, I need you to lay your hands on your mind and say, Lord, give me your program. I okay, let's move, 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 let's move. Some of y'all need to go back to some of playlists and check your playlist. 
And you need to make sure you got songs on there that are fueling your future. Songs on there that are encouraging you about what's to come. Songs in there that are giving you hope and giving you expectation. Can I go? Listen, listen. Then thirdly, the house we grew up in. I got to move. The house we grew up in. Because if you study your Bible, you'll actually study why the world is the way it is. Because media was used to manipulate the opinions of the people. Have you ever looked at somebody that had a belief and you looked at them like, how in the world do you believe that? That belief doesn't even serve your own interests. How would you trust somebody that's a blatant racist? I'm just trying to figure out how because you've been programmed to do so. Let me move. Let me move. The house we grew up in. Three things have shaped us. What's the first thing that shaped us? Friends. What's the second thing that shaped us? Music and media. What's the third thing that shaped us? The house we grew up in. Look at the line. We practice what we're presented. And practice makes perfect, even if it's perfectly wrong. So you'll say, I'm being a good woman, but you learned it from a woman that wasn't good. I'm being a good father, but you learned it from a father that was not good. And hear me, I am not, please listen to me carefully. This is not to say you throw out everything that you learned or experienced growing up. Because can we all be honest, even if it was bad, that there were good things that you learned, good things you developed. For most, that's what most people say. Some people are like, mm-mm, Bishop, wasn't none up good for me. No, it wasn't none up. Even the Fruit Loops was bad. It was Fruitanglios. They gave me that bag cereal to save $4, uh, 40 cents. <laughs> Whatever you want to eat, eat it. Okay, listen. Listen, listen. We practice what we're presented even if what we're presented is perfectly wrong, right? And that's how you do a workout. <laughs> so listen, so now you learn that as a kid. Watch me. So now you're 20 at the gym I'm talking about. Look at me. Everybody else looks at you and says, what are you doing? You say, I'm working out. <laughs> and they say, you're not doing anything but waving your hands in the air. So watch me. Everybody else sees what's wrong but you because to you it's right. So when somebody checks you, you call them the enemy. When somebody says, hey, 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 that's not the way to do this. You're just trying to hate on my individuality. No, I'm trying to hate on your whackness. Whack is an urban colloquialism that means lacking the intended or desired ability or level of accomplishment and achievement. So not only, watch me, is, does everybody see it? Watch what else happens. You're not getting results. I need y'all to catch where I'm going with this. Listen, listen, you're not getting your results. You don't even have strong shoulders because there's no resistance. 
ain't even head and shoulders. You just waving. So here's what happens. You keep doing this, keep doing it, and then you come to church. You get the word. You hear the word. The word speaks to you. You shout, you holler, you scream, and then you go right back to practicing. The same thing. Because when you were in here, I said, uh-uh, no, put this hand up. But then watch me. But practice makes perfect, even though it's perfectly wrong. So that's what you've been doing your whole life. And so now when God says, no, put your hand down. I need you to get down. I need you to do some push-ups. Watch me. The first thing you do is say, this is too much. It don't take all of that, God. It don't require all of that, God. Matter of fact, God, you hate me. God, what, God, if you love me, why is this so difficult? It's not difficult. It's just different. Mm. It's not difficult. It's just different than what you're used to. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And you're not going to get it. Get back up. You're not going to get it doing this. And then here's what happens. So you come to church, getting the word. And then all of a sudden you start making a little progress because you're like, wait a minute, this, this is. And then when the enemy wants to get you, he sends a relative. Come here. Here's church. Here's God. Here's his word. Get in front of that. Look at them. Now keep repeating what he's doing. But the word of God says, you're ahead and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're always overcoming and never being overcome. And you'll say church don't work. <laughs> you'll say God don't work. It's not that it don't work. It's that you got somebody in the middle. You literally have practiced nothing you've been taught. The only thing you've practiced is what you learn. And when the enemy wants to shut you down, he puts a familiar spirit in front of you and says, let's go back to living how we used to live. Let's go back to acting how we used to act. But you, you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the line crosser in your bloodline. Open your mouth and say, that's who I am. Thank you. So look, did you get that? I dare you to act like the enemy played you for the last time. Okay, no faith in here. Up, uh, we got a runner. Up, uh, up, uh, we got a runner. I dare you to act like you will not repeat the same mess in your next fall as you did in the first day. Some of y'all sitting there and you're about to go back through the same thing you've been through because you don't know how to give God praise. Everybody in this building on three, I want you to put a praise on it. One, two, three, go. Hey, glory to God. Shout curse breaker. Shout it again, shout curse breaker. I, I, I say curse breaker. Hey, sit down. Practice makes perfect, even if it's perfectly wrong. And it requires somebody saying, what are you doing? Before you say, wait a minute, I've been doing this. 
30 years. And it ain't working. And God, if I'm honest, it ain't you. I've been doing what I was presenting. And practice makes perfect, even if it's perfectly wrong. Y'all know I'll make a song in a minute. So look, Lot's house was a hell house. So he was full of hell. Sheol is one of the, Sheol is one of the Hebrew words for hell, our Old Testament. It means death. Gehenna is one of the Greek words for hell in the New Testament. It means hot trash. Lot was a dead man walking that was full of hot trash. Say hell house. Let me show you the house he grew up in. In Genesis eleven thirty one, I showed you this on Sunday. Now I want you to see it through this context. Terah, that's his grandfather. What does his name mean? Wild goat loiterer. He's out of order and he's unproductive. He's disrespectful. And he's also unaccomplished. He's a talker, not a walker. That's Lot's grandfather. So if he goes to his grandfather and says, Granddaddy, um, how do we walk in the blessing? Well, here's how you do it, son. Wrong. Listen, so look, he took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran. Haran is his father. Say hell house. Haran, his father, means dry place and thirsty. Whenever you are dry, you always need somebody else's supply. So where does he get this manipulative, opportunistic behavior from? His daddy. His daddy taught him, son, when you need something, Go get it from somebody else. Don't do it yourself. Don't, don't build it yourself. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Don't, 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 don't go work for it yourself. Live off of her. You should talk to me. Don't, don't, don't do it yourself. Don't do it yourself. Live off of them. Don't, don't do it yourself. Just tell them you ain't got it. You know they're going to take care of you. That's where he learned it from. Say hell house. So him using Abraham was. Wrong. Y'all got the dance now? Okay, here it is. His daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth together. I told you, Sarah, that's his auntie. Say, Annie. Here's what's interesting. For some of you, your greatest influence wasn't your mother. It was your Annie. Who, and she may have not even been blood, but you called her Annie. Ooh. What was she? Barren. Say barren. barren. What does that mean? She can't have a child. 
So when she looks at Lot, she sees what she cannot have, which means the very nature of her dealing with Lot is operating from a place of you represent what I wish I have and can't have. So listen, everything I say to you, I'm saying, watch me, with a substratum that is mixed now with hatred, jealousy, envy, manipulation, destruction. Because the truth is, when I see you, I see what I can't do. So when he goes and says, Ain't, like, Ain't he, you like this shirt? Yeah, that's, I see your little shirt. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight, and I got to finish and maybe it wasn't Annie. Maybe it was Uncle. Maybe, are you getting what I'm saying? You, you, uh, uh, I want to go with you to the store. You always trying to come over here going with us. Come on. And you literally learn to be attracted to abuse. <laughs> you learn to run to people who reject you. learn to run to people that reject you because you grew up in a hell house. So if somebody ain't pushing you away, you don't want them. I'm going to preach now. You don't want the people that want you. You want the people that don't want you. You don't like the people that like you. You like the people that you got to beg and plead to like you. You're like David. You hate those that love you and you love those that hate you because of Sarai. And I need you to act like that's over. Open your mouth and shout. That's over. So look, he grew up in a hell house. He's attracted to rejection. When I say shut up, I don't literally mean shut up, church. It's so good to me. I ran out of stuff to say. I used to say, watch this. I used to say, look here. I used to, I, so now it's shut up, and it'll be something else next month. Y'all ready? So Lot learns that if you accept me, something's wrong with you. If you care for me, something's wrong with you. I don't even know how to value love. Because what I grew up in is a hell house. That's what Lot says. So if you're nice to me, mm-mm. I'm on a thug. I'm talking to you ladies. I'm on a roughneck. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You fellas, you don't want no good Christian girl. You want a video vixen. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Please say amen, because I just, ooh, I just heard. Please say amen. Please say amen. You don't want a good, respectable, God-fearing, college-going girl. You don't want that. You want a girl that wanted, watch me, that wanted your brother, but she settled for you. Listen. Let me preach this Bible, the Holy Bible of Jesus. Say, Lord, make me attracted to what's good for me. I feel like praying. Say, Lord, change my taste to want what's good for me. To want what you want for me. I will not be attracted to rejection and destruction. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So listen, they, they went forth together in a hell house. And they went from fire. Oh my God, here it is again. They went from fire. 
of the Chaldeans. That's what Ur means. Say fire. Now, now they go from there, watch me, into the land of Canaan, which means promise. So they're on fire about going to their promise. They're passionate about going to their promise. You have to be careful because fire is something that if you don't handle it right, it can be extinguished and very difficult to reignite. I pray for everybody watching me. Where watch me? You let the enemy quench your fire for God. I pray that tonight you'd be set on fire. Your passion to pray, your passion to worship, your passion to serve, your passion to give, your passion to love God, your passion to worship, your passion to lay out on the floor all night. I pray your fire be reignited tonight. Everybody open your mouth and holler fire. Holler again, holler fire. Listen, listen, even in your house, listen, listen, listen. They go from this place of fire, and they're going, they're supposed to go to Canaan. That means promised land. Promised land for you and I isn't a piece of land, it's a lifestyle. That means a life of shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. But watch what happens. But when they come to Haran, Haran is Lot's daddy's name. What does this mean? They went in a circle. Because Haran had already died, which means I made progress. And as I was making progress, I went back to a dead thing. Ooh. I prayed you'd stop being a necromancer. What's a necromancer? Where you're attracted to dead. Woo! Dead friendships, dead relationships, dead business partnership, that stuff that you know does not need to be living, stuff you know does not need to be there. I feel the Holy Ghost. Please say, I will not be attracted to Haran. Now listen, they were supposed to go, they were supposed to go, watch me, to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, that means they had to go back because they named Haran after Haran where he died. Which means I had to go back. I had to backtrack. And this is why some of y'all, please look at me. This is why you'd struggle with depression and anxiety. Listen to me. I'm not trying to oversimplify. Sometimes things are complex, but I simply want to interject a brand new hypothesis that perhaps can help you deal with your prognosis and give you an appropriate diagnosis so that you can see a solution. Maybe your depression is because you were never meant to walk like this. And you live in what's called rumination. I want to teach. Rumination is worse than worry. Worry is about the future. Rumination is about the past. I'm worried about what I did. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? Did I do that right? Did I do this right? I hope I did that right. I hope I said this right. I hope I moved that right. I hope I did this. I hope I did that. But I need you to open your mouth and say, I refuse to walk backwards. I I wasn't meant to do this. That's why when the Bible says put on the full armor of God, there's no armor for your backside because you were never supposed to be doing this to where you would be vulnerable back here. You were only supposed to be walking forward. So look, they go back to Haran. I got to finish. And what did they do there? They settled. What's Haran's name mean? Dry place. Thirsty. They settled for less than. And settlers get slaughtered. Be careful that, be care, listen to me, 
Be careful that you don't settle. Because the moment you settle, the end of you has begun. Say, I'm not a settler. I don't even believe you. Can you say it with some authority? Say, I'm not a settler. I believe you now. So they settled there. Say, Hell House. So what did Lot watch his uncle do? His auntie do? His granddaddy do? What did he watch them do? Settle. So when God says, let's do more. Lot can't even be told that. It requires an Abraham to invite Lot on a journey to give Lot an opportunity he couldn't even comprehend he deserved. And it's not because we deserve it, Joe. It's because 2,000 years ago, God decided to come in a body and to die as a man on a tree called Calvary so that you and I could have life and life more abundantly. Open your mouth, say, he made me worthy. Act like the blood of Jesus still has power. Say, he made me worthy. He so look, the days of terror were 205 years old. Look at me. Longevity doesn't mean success. He lived to be 205. He lived a long time. But here's the reality of it. But that does not mean that he was successful. You have to be careful when you consult people because of longevity, not success. There's a difference. He lived a long time, but he died in a dry place. He lived a long time, but he died settling. And, and I dare you to prophesy to your future. Say, I will not. Just say it like you mean to say, I will not. So Lot grows up, I'm almost done, in a what? In a hell house. This is what he sees. This is the life he lives. He sees out of order opportunists that settle, that are thirsty, that loiter, that are jealous, that are barren. <laughs> she can't produce, so she don't want you to produce. He can't produce, so he doesn't want you to produce. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Because misery loves one thing. There are certain people who would rather sit up with you and talk about how bad it is rather than make it better. And when I just said that, people's faces instantly popped in your head. Let's go. So look, can we fast forward? Say, he grew up in a hell house. I got to finish. I got five minutes. I got four and a, four and a half. Listen. In Genesis 19, if we were to fast forward, three significant things happen in Lot's life. Now, Lot, we don't hear much about him in, in Genesis 14, 15. Uh, in 14, we hear about him. 13, we hear about him. We, God, the scripture in Genesis focuses predominantly on Abram and some other things. Here's the next time we hear a lot about Lot. It's in Genesis 19. I'm going to give you the summaries. You can go read it in your own time. So the Lord sends two angels down to a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord sends them down, according to Isaiah, because of their arrogance and how they deal with the poor. Now, he sends them down, and God says, but in the chapter prior, Genesis 18, God says to Abram, I'm going to destroy this city. Abram says, because he knows Lot lives there. Abram was so relational that he did it to a fault. He was trying to protect the city for a man that wouldn't cross the street for him. So he says, God... If I can find 50 righteous people in Lot, 
if I can find it. And he keeps counting down, counting down, counting down. Well, they couldn't find it. What's amazing is even Lot couldn't be in that number. And in Genesis 19, the Lord sends down two angels. How many angels? Two. They appear as men when he sends them down. The men of the city see these men coming. They walk through the courtyard. They're going, they go into Lot's house, and the men of the city say, bring out those men that we may know them. Carnally. What ends up happening is Lot says, hey, brothers, chill out. Chill out. Chill out. He says, before this, he says to the angels, number one, he insists that the angels stay with him after the angels said, we're going to stay somewhere else. Why would he do that? The angel said, no, we're going to stay in the courtyard of the city. We're going to stay in the city center. We're going downtown. They said, no, Lot said, no, come stay with me. Why? Because as an opportunist, Lot said, I'd much rather have you here to see what you can do for me. And here's the danger of being an opportunist. The men in the city come and say, bring out those men that we may know them currently. And then here's the second thing. Lot says, don't mess with these men of God. The angels, Lot offers up his daughters. He says, take my daughters. They're virgins. He sells out his own flesh and blood for the opportunity to see what the angels were going to do for him. See, how do you know you're dealing with opportunistic people? It's because the moment any grass looks any level of green better than you, they out. And I pray you don't chase them. Here's the third thing. The angels tell Lot to leave the city and for him to rescue his wife and daughters. But in Genesis 19 and 16, look at the screen. What does it say? But he lingered. The angels said, we're about to do it. <laughs> Fire, yeah, it's fire. Dun, 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 dun. Fire. Dun, 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 dun. Somebody say fire, all right? But listen, look at me. The angel say, come here, come here, come here, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, angel. Come on, angel. All right, you ready? The angels say a lot for this for this illustration. No, I ain't even gonna do that. Um, 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 come on, come on. You're gonna be lot. All right, you're gonna be lot. Here you go, because I got to narrate. <laughs> Y'all give them a big hand. They never know when they're gonna get called up here. Nobody ever knows when the Lord has lead of them. Because some of y'all looking like, look, don't try to ignore me when I look at you, because you're gonna be the one. I come here. Look, tell it. And what you gonna do? Tell me no in front of everybody? <laughs> All right, watch. The angels are like, dude. This is the hood version. Say, dude. Let's act. No, let's do the Memphis hood version. Say, man. Man, you need to go ahead and grab your daughter. Man, you need to pat his and turn cards. We about to tear it up. Hear me. You heard me. Get ready, man. Dude, we about to get down. We about to get nasty. We about to get dirty. I'm telling you, the whole boys. Look, don't even worry about them. Don't worry about them. We got them. Man, let's go. Man, go grab your wife and your kids, man, and get to rocking. Wait, no, man. Look what Lot does. Because he's an opportunist. Who watched me? Y'all ready? 
Because his mother was absent. He never learned to value a woman. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to say nothing right now. So rescue my wife and daughters. Why would I do that? I just offered up my daughters to be gang raped so I could have an opportunity with the angels. Value a woman. I don't treat my mama right. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right there. Y'all ready? It's because I got my Batman shoes on. All right, watch. It's a bat. It's a bat. And at first I was like, I don't know if I can be, you know, you know, you know. Well, no, bats, you know. Okay. All right, Bible. But what did Lot do? Say he lingered. Where did he learn to linger and loiter from? His granddaddy. So even after God warns him, what does he think he can do? Linger. And loiter. I have no sense of urgency. Nothing is a rush. I'll get to it when I get to it. Because practice makes perfect, even if it's perfectly wrong. So he lingered. Because in his mind, these angels are about to hook me up. There's an opportunity coming. Let me negotiate with them. I got over on Abram. So I'm used to getting over on everybody. I manipulated Abram. So I'm used to manipulating everybody. So certainly these angels aren't going to do anything. Somebody say he lingered. he lingered. I pray that you wouldn't linger when you need to make moves. I pray you would be stuck in the paralysis of analysis when you need to shake something, do something, and move something. Say he lingered. Because he grew up in a hell house. And when you grow up in a hell house, God was literally getting ready to turn Sodom and Gomorrah to hell on earth. The Bible says the hell, the hell fire came down, fire and brimstone. And here's what ends up happening. He decides, I'm not doing it. Please hear me. He says, I'm not doing it. God, I don't fear you. Follow the word. I'm feeling some type of way. And because of Abram's prayers, be careful who you cross. Because of Abram's prayer. See, some people don't even know the reason they still here is because you've been praying. I, you need to hear me. Your company's doing as well as it's doing because you there. Yep. Guys, I got to finish. So the Bible says, in Genesis 19, you read it for yourself, the angels come grab him. And they, they grab him. And let me have a wife and a daughter. Let me have a wife and a daughter. Come on, who trying to not look at me? <laughs> you come, come on. Come on. Come on. Now I need another daughter. Come on, volunteer. Another daughter. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, another daughter. Come on, another daughter. The angels grab. Come on, come on, family. Come on, lot. The angels get them all together. Okay? Now, y'all social distance remove them. <laughs> they grab them, and they say, look, get out of the city. Look at me. 
They said, Lot, you don't care about them. But there's something I'm going to use them to do that's bigger than you. So Lot, even though you don't care, Abram did. And so we're going to rescue them on behalf of Abram. So watch me. So they grab them and they get them out of the city. Come on, the whole family. But as they're going, Lot's wife knew something. Lot's wife knew that Lot has some trustworthy issues. So as they're exiting the city, now come over here, step into the light, Caroline. As they're exiting the city, the Bible says that Lot's wife, wait a minute, wait a minute, come in, Lot. Wait a minute, Lot. Come on, come on, Lot. Lot didn't move that fast. All right, here we go. You ready? As they're exiting the city, she's walking with him. Come on, get, get next to him, walk with him. Okay, y'all walk real slow. While she walking, Lot holds up. And the Bible says she looks behind him. If I look at me, she wasn't turned into a pillar of salt because she looked behind. If you read your Bible, she was turned into a pillar of salt because she looked behind him. What do you mean, Bishop? She knew he couldn't be trusted. Yet, because he grew in a hell house, they have a hell house. And now she's become accustomed to living with what she's supposed to cast out. So even though they're the ones that are getting taken advantage of, she turns, look behind him, look behind him. And the Bible says she's turned into a pillar of salt. Now here's what you think happened. Mm -mm. A pillar of salt, not a mound of salt. Which means you were full of flavor. Mm. You were full of what it took. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Lot's wife, you don't even get a name because of what you chose to tolerate. And some of y'all, you getting your mm-mm. What is that? There's some stuff in my bloodline I'm not tolerating anymore. There's some stuff in my children I'm not tolerating anymore. There's some stuff in my friendships I'm not tolerating anymore. I refuse to be saved from hell, to live in a hell house. Somebody say, not me. Thank you, family. Didn't they do a great job? Auditions tomorrow. No, listen. So here's why David said, can I finish the message? All right. I know I talked a little longer. Here's why David said this. This is where we ended, and I need you to catch this. Lot's soul was so jacked up that even when it came to his wife and children, he offered them up on the altar of opportunity. Some of you, I want to get real serious for a moment. Come with me. I want to get real serious for a moment and then we'll finish this. Some of you, your greatest struggles as an adult are that you were raised by a lot man. That's not everybody. Somebody. Your greatest struggles as an adult you were raised by a lot woman. who would offer you up for opportunity. 
And I don't just mean that in the most egregious of ways that come to mind. And some come to mind. But let her get a new man. She ain't had time for you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Let him want to do something else. I'll be there. I'm on the way. I'm coming. I'm on the way. And the Holy Ghost told me while we were here, I wasn't even intending to go here. The Holy Ghost told me, he said, son, there's childhood healing that's got to happen right now. Because if they don't reconcile the hell house they came from, as they move forward, they're going to create a hell house. And I need you to say, not me. If that was you, if you were raised by a lot, influenced by a lot, I need you to stand up. Stand up in this building. Stand up online. If that's not you, cool. If that's you, I need you to stand up. I need you to stand up. And I need you to lift both of your hands. And I need you to say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray like David prayed. Restore my soul. Put it back to the way it was when I was with you. Before disappointment, before hurt, before pain, heal my soul now. I release pain, disappointment, rejection, abandonment, a telephobia. That means you don't feel good enough. I release that in this room. Come on, open your mouth and say it. Say, I release that in this room. Those of you watching online, say that too. Say, everybody say, I release that in this room. Out of my life. It's stolen from me enough. It's ruined good already. But in Jesus' name, I'm redeeming my next four. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to release a praise right there? Everybody, release a praise right there. I, I got to finish this, and I got to move because I'm out of time. David said, you can be seated. David said this, he restores. Uh, come here. David said, he restores my soul. Restore doesn't just mean to put back together. Restore means three things. Say three things. So the first thing it means is to dig down to the roots. It means to dig down to the roots. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no what? Root of bitterness spring in you, causing trouble, and many will become defiled. When you come up in a hell house, you create hell for people. Let me say it another way. Hurt people? Trifling people? Are trifling people? <laughs> Got me? Say no root of bitterness. Come on, matter of fact, we're just going to do this real, real warfare style. Say no root of bitterness can be drawn up in me. Say, Father, dig to the roots and uproot every bitter place in me. I'm tired of defiling people because of what was done to me. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Here's the second thing that restore means in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament. It means cuts away what's unnecessary. Give me some scissors, a knife, something. 
butter knife, butcher knife, a ruler, fold a piece of paper, make it sharp, something. And I thought, <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. Say, cuts away what's unnecessary. Look at me. If God cut it and you made it, you didn't need it. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he what? Takes away. But every branch that does bear fruit, what does he do? He prunes it. Now, I ain't going to cut you, but just go with me. That's good. These dramatizations. That's what pruning feels like. She can't be your friend. He can't be your friend. He can't be your man. <laughs> You're too arrogant. You talk too much. Why are you doing all of that? I love you too much. So I gotta prune you. But everybody look at me, not to kill you. I'm pruning you so you can do what? Bear more. So while you felt like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain, what you didn't see was all the growth. While you, didn't, while you were in so much pain, you didn't see all of the productivity. Please open up your mouth and say, I'm bearing more fruit. Say it again, say, I'm bearing more fruit. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. He breaks to build. Whoa. 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 Get my um thing. That thing. I keep a prop drawer. Say <laughs> so he breaks the bill. Job 16, 14. This is how God is restoring your soul to heal you from the hell of the house you came up in. Look at it. I want you to read this verse and we're out of here. I'm way over time. Y'all okay? He breaks me with breach upon breach. He runs at me like a warrior. God says, for me to restore your soul, what I literally do is I will break you with breach after breach after breach. You're like, Bishop, what's a breach? Wound after wound after wound. Blow after blow after blow. Somebody say, he breaks me with blows. What do you do when who you're fighting is a God you cannot beat? Because you prayed for the warfare to be over. And you know what he did? Since you're standing, come on here. You know what he did? God was like, oh, for real? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, your best life. Oh, okay. 
All things new. Your best year. Oh, your best year. And then God's like, That was your job being lost. Now, don't, don't mistake the imagery for an abusive God. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't go there. What I'm saying is, what are you going to do to stop it? Who in here, I got to close this right now because I'm out of time, where you have had to deal with some stuff that you prayed, fasted, cried, sold, ran, jumped, hollered, screamed, circled, hollered some more, ran, and then God responded with another So after you have an issue with the job, now you got a problem with the doctor's report. And then now, not only, not only do you have that issue, you're like, well, at least I got my good credit. And what does the Bible say? Put the verse up. What does the Bible say? He runs at me like a boom. You're about to catch it in a minute. Don't hurt yourself now. This is a dramatization, not real life. <laughs> She's trying to get really hurt. No. Everybody look at me. 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 You looking? So now you got family problems. You got credit problems. And God says, so what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What you gonna do? And look at what Job says. Right when you're like, ooh, I'm finally catching my breath. He runs at you like a warrior. <laughs> and God says, God says, look at the verse. I am breaking off of you the hail that was put on you and in you. Let's go here. On the day of Pentecost, they were gathered together, and all of a sudden, like a rushing, he runs at me like a warrior to break off of me the hell that was in me and on me. Not to kill me, but because the easiest way and the quickest way to get out of you what he needs out of you is to knock it off of you. Y'all will catch it in a minute. I got to close, please. So if you tense up when the blows come, it makes it worse. So this is why, and I'm getting ready to close, this is why we do things like put our hands up. This is why we do things like worship. This is why we do things like praise. Why? Because when the blows come this time, I'm not going to get tense. Watch me. I'm going to catch it. You miss me. When my hands are up, my worship catches the blow. I need you to listen to me, please. 
When my hands are up, my worship catches the blow. You've been tensing up, watch me, trying to cover and protect yourself. And God says, I need you to lift your hands and worship and give me all of you so that when the blow comes, you can catch that blow. And that blow won't take you down to the floor. I need you to get on your feet in this building and at your house and worship the God that restores your soul. Come on, Wednesday, open your mouth and worship the God that restores your soul. Come on, worship the God that restores our souls. Put the verse up. Worship the God. He restores my soul. He breaks me to build me. He cuts away what's unnecessary. He digs down to the roots. Come on, open your mouth. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.